Hello and welcome to Roll with Raya, the podcast that celebrates self-development and learning. I am your host, Araya, and every week I'll be hosting unfiltered interviews with people I admire and believe we can all learn from. I choose to fulfill my ikigai and add value to the world in the way I know best, quality conversations. I hope these conversations add value to you on your self-development journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Real with Raya, the podcast that celebrates self-development and learning. I am your host, Araya, and I have conversations with people I admire and believe we can all learn from. Today, I'm going to be speaking to one of my very good friends and the CEO and founder of Sarani Events. Sarani Events is an exceptional event planning and consulting company that executes unique and exquisite experiences. Rani studied management studies as her undergrad and has planned some of the most beautiful and detailed events I have ever seen. You may have seen or heard the praise she got from Adela Patron or the amazing testimonials on her website, but I can attest to the fact that she is truly one of one. Thank you so much for that. What did you think of your intro? I think that it's what I strive for Sarani to be. Yeah. And what I've been doing for the last yeah. like, two and a half years. So it's kind of my my goal for the business. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Cool. So for people who don't know, Rani is actually my friend like in real life. Like I know her pretty well. So I asked a couple of her friends to describe her in five words right. because I think she has a very unique personality and as this conversation evolves, you would get to see what I mean. Do you want to know what your friend said or do you want to know what I said first? What you said first. Okay. Running in five words, I say she is hardworking, consistent, loyal, funny and creative. <laughs> Person A said, stunning, go-getter, loyal, playful slash carefree, self-assured, hilarious. Person <laughs> B said, ambitious, creative, confident, funny and strict. <laughs> and I thought that was really interesting because... Person A said you were playful and carefree and person B said you were strict. And because I know you, I can see both sides. Yeah. So I can see where <laughs> they're, coming, they're from. coming from. So do you feel like that was an accurate description of yourself? I think it is. Yeah. I think the one that makes me the most happy, people think I'm funny. No, I think I'm funny. I think a lot of people always I tell me that I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't tell you this every day, but... So when I was seeing funny, you like, I was like, ah, okay. No, your close friends were cracking me up. Like, you li- no, you literally act like <laughs> you're in a sitcom. <laughs> and it's just, like, a story of your life. I love it. Um, I love but it. But, yeah, I think it depends on... I don't know who the people are. I'm yeah. not going to say the names. You tell me after, but... yeah. I think obviously I have different relationships with different friends. Mm-hmm. I have friends that I guess maybe I have a more serious relationship with and can come to me for more serious things. Mm-hmm. And I have maybe friends that, I don't know, we just laugh. And yeah. play. So I think it just depends on, I guess, who you're asking. Yeah. And the dynamics of your relationship. Of our relationship, yeah. So out of all the things that everyone said, what trait or characteristic do you think resonates with you the most? I think... I liked loyal slash consistent because I think oh, I because <laughs> I think 
that is who I try to be. I try to be like a person of my word. Mm. I try to be someone that if I say I'm going to do something, mm. I meet up to that. I don't mm. like to fall short of my word. Um, and I like to show up for people. Um, I just don't like letting people down or saying I'm going to do something and not doing it. So the fact that you and maybe one or two other people yeah, somebody else seen that. Well. Yeah. yeah, like that. Yeah, no, I think you definitely are. And it's interesting because when I was writing up questions for this episode, I was thinking back of like, our relationship and how long have I actually known you for mm-hmm. and I feel like there are traits that you've always had but I've seen it more apparent within like the last two years but mm-hmm. that could also be down to I don't know us just being like actual women now and yeah. our personality has been solidified yeah. whereas you know you're getting to know yourself and all of that so it's interesting that you say you like to be someone that is a woman of your word mm-hmm. do you feel like that reflects in your business and how you've been able to scale surrounding events I definitely think I, I apply that trait or that characteristic to across the board, across yeah. everything that I do. Um, you know, if I tell a client, for example, if someone comes to me for an event in two weeks and I take it on, I never want to go back to that client and say, oh, we can't do this or we yeah. can't do that because I knew what I was getting myself yeah. into. So I think literally in everything that I do, especially in my business, I feel like someone is paying me for mm. something and they've trusted me. Obviously, someone's coming to you for an event within a week or two weeks. They're already under pressure. And if I say, okay, I'm going to take this on and I've taken that on, you've paid your deposit, you've become a client. Like, I definitely don't want to let you down. So I think that trait applies across board, especially with my business. Yeah. Do you have any fond memories of entrepreneurship and what made you want to start Serenity Events? Um, so I'm sure you know this story. I never thought, like, we finished uni, well, I finished uni in 2020 mm. and I always thought that I was going to move to Dubai. Mm. That was my dream. I'm moving to Dubai. I'm going to do events in Dubai, et cetera, et cetera. And COVID, before I finished uni, like my last couple of months at uni, we were in lockdown. So when I submitted my dissertation in May, mid-May, I was sitting there like, how am I going to get to Dubai now? (laughs) Because everything was just getting worse and worse. It wasn't even, because at first when it happened, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe in a month or two we'll be out of this. And it just kept getting worse. I was like, okay, let me just start this. Like, it was literally a very sporadic Mm. decision in June or like mid-May, end of May, I was just like, okay, let me start this. And I launched in July. So I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit and always knew, knew that I wanted to start a business, but I didn't think I'll start it this early on. I thought my plan was to work for someone for maybe like five to 10 years and then leave with that knowledge and start my own, maybe back in Lagos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can plan. That doesn't mean that's the way it's going to go. So that was what made me start Sarani. I think I decided in June, early June, to start. And within the month, I launched Sarani, which was very, very strange because we were in the midst of lockdown yeah. so no events were allowed you weren't even allowed to leave your house it was just very strange but I just knew that I wanted to do that it was obviously going to be hard to get a job coming out of uni as well so I was just like you know what? let me just start whatever I can get from this I get from this and whenever this COVID thing ends we can keep it pushing and then in terms of my fondest memories I think it's my first proper event, which was a Dear Love Patrons event. Yeah. Um, just having my friends, like I had Sakisa, I had my sister, I had one of my sister's friends. Like, because this was in October 2020, so I just launched. Like, I didn't have a team. I didn't know where to get coordinators from or get really get stuff from. So it was just me and my friends and my family coming together to help me. And it was fun. Mm. It was fun just setting up. It was like my first proper event, seeing how things worked. 
Um, and also like other events I've had, I had within the first year of Sarani where my friends will come and help me. You even come to one of my events yeah. before. So yeah, it's just, you know, it's fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> so no, and you do it with so much ease and grace. What I, I admire the most as well, because you planned like my um, birthday dinner. Mine wasn't like a grand, go and Sarani events, That's Those are events. Mine was just like a small dinner at, um, the dining room in my apartment but your attention to detail and also that level of professionalism that you maintain mm. but also not like super stressed super aggy yeah, yeah. you're just like easy going yeah 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 I'll do this I'll start to set up I'll start up and I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just my nature like I'm not someone that gets stressed yeah like it took me I'm just gonna sleep honestly, <laughs> honestly speaking like it's just my personality. I'm not yeah. going to stress. Even when I was in uni, if a module is stressing me, I'm going to take a nap first. Like, I just try and learn how to balance mm. it. That's really profound. And how did you know event planning was the one? Because not many people might know, but I know you actually had a makeup <laughs> business back when we were in um, sixth form. form. Six form. Was it sixth form? Okay. Yeah. Sixth form. It was called... Did I tell them? <laughs> <laughs> Glam by Ronnie. I think I'll insert a picture when when I did my Ronnie did my makeup. When I did your makeup, uh, um, Gatton. Oh, I just did it randomly. Yeah, I think I was. Just, I just wanted to get my makeup done. Okay. Like, you just did it. Um. So yeah, why event planning? Out of all the business ideas that you might have chosen from, I think. I don't know whether it's a personality thing or something that a lot of people can relate to. But I think when I have like an idea or like a will to do something and I can't do it immediately, it kind of dies. Mm. So I wanted to do makeup. Like I remember falling in love with makeup in 2014, which was like my last year of secondary school. And obviously I was doing IGCSE and then you finish that and you're doing A-levels, which is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. You really don't have time to start doing makeup. Obviously, I was doing it on the side in sixth form. Anybody that would ask me, I would do it sort of thing. But I think by the time I was done with uni and I was thinking about starting a business, the love for makeup had died. Like maybe in the last three years, I've worn makeup. But I've done my makeup myself less than 20 times. Wow. Like, I just don't do my makeup. Like, even this makeup. Yeah. <laughs> do you understand? Like, so I think for me... By the time I was old enough to start a business and do my own thing, I had fallen out of love with makeup. Mm. I like getting my face on. I like looking pretty, but the me actually doing people's faces and people paying me for it, it just wasn't something I was interested in anymore. But I'd always had like this passion for events. It was something that I always thought I would do later. I thought I'd do makeup like when I was younger and then later when I'm older, I would do events. Grow into events yeah, planning, that's yeah. what I thought it would be. But like I said, COVID changed everything and just kind of changed yeah yeah so I don't know if you've seen on um social media especially on Twitter a lot of people have this idea of what entrepreneurs look like or what your habits should be things like waking up at 5 a.m <laughs> <laughs> things like waking up at 5 a.m you know showering with cold water don't scroll on your phone <laughs> Sorry, yeah how are you saying that apparently <laughs> Um, showering with cold water wakes up your brain and gets you active for the day you know go to the gym make your breakfast these are things that are traditionally associated with what like a typical entrepreneur looks like yeah do you agree with that and like how is your routine and lifestyle aligned with Sarani events I think that who is the person that said that <laughs> 
I'm looking for the person that said that you have to wake up at 5 a.m. I'll say the first hour. That's what I'm looking for because. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is such a lie. I think you, and obviously there's some people who entrepreneurs or not that are early birds. Yeah. Wake up at that time, go to the gym. <laughs> some good ones. <laughs> And that's good for them, but I don't think uh, is it because you, I tell her I don't want to work for someone that she's. <laughs> well, the whole idea is to you know start your day right, wake up, get here. You know, sometimes, especially on um, Twitter and Instagram, there is that level of it can be toxic, but it can also be very motivational yeah. in the sense where it's like just start your day, get on with it, don't go on your phone. You know, I think people to the are gym. different. Mm. I'm not an early bird. Yeah. I sleep. I slept at two thirty a.m. last yeah, night. Yeah, you texted me. <laughs> <laughs> so like, to tell me to wake up at 5 a.m it yeah. just doesn't work so when i'm up at night i'm not just up at night doing nothing i'm working mm. so like last night i was like thinking about edits to do on the website like i haven't posted any pictures from 2022 on the website all the pictures there are from 2021 so i was choosing which ones to upload putting them in a folder so for someone to outside night to wake up at 5 a.m it just doesn't work so i think it really depends on your person and what works for you yeah. um I wake up, like, I mean, I work a nine-to-five as well. I'm not working at the moment, but typically I'm working a nine-to-five. I wake up at 8.45 a.m., except I'm going to work. And I don't eat until, like, 1 8, 1 p.m. because I do intermittent fasting. So I think everybody, we all have our own lifestyles. And whatever works for you, do. Yes, you see people telling you things on Twitter. Pick what works for your lifestyle. Yeah. You can't, it's not everything you read. Do you mind if I go on Twitter and I'll see what I did before I was 30 is to become a millionaire. Yeah. I, mean, I can do that same thing and it wouldn't work for me. So pick Facts. what works for your lifestyle. Pick what works for you. But I think that image of an entrepreneur being someone that is sweating and suffering and, you know, like we don't have to, it's about working smart, not working hard. I don't, all that, I don't know why people have to suffer. It's as if you have to suffer to make it. And honestly, I don't believe in that. I think work smart, find out what works for your body. What works for your body and my body are not the same thing. You might be an early bird. You can be productive at 5 a.m. I can be productive at 5 a.m. I just know. So I think it's best for everyone, especially if you're trying to run your own business or do your own thing, to know what works for you because that's the only way you can do it best. Do you understand? Like, yeah. You can't do Sarani the way I would do Sarani and I can't do real with Raya the way you would do real with Raya because we're different. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, pick, there's so much information out there. No one is saying, oh, you know everything and you should not be teachable, but pick what works for you. And apply that to your life, to your business, to your lifestyle. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I chose you for this episode. And one of the things I love about you is that you've always been like this. You really dance the beat of your own drum. Like the world can be like, guys, let's go here. This is the way to go. <laughs> Rani is not moving. Like she is not budging. Like I'm not even joking. And people that know you, I think, can agree. Like, you really, really are an independent thinker and you do things your own way. And I think it's important that people know that with entrepreneurship, you have to tailor it to your needs and your personality as well to maximize your productivity. Mm-hmm. Because there is a lot of talk about entrepreneurship now, especially among Gen Zs. Nobody really wants a nine to five anymore. Everyone is sort of striving to make their own living yeah. and capitalize on their skills and their personality strengths. And while that is a beautiful thing, I also think that it's not for everyone. Yeah. And I want to uncover this more as the conversation goes on with the business side of it as well, because mm-hmm. you have a full-blown business. And I know you mentioned earlier on about a nine-to-five. So 
I remember times when you would literally like be doing a nine to five, close that laptop and open up mm-hmm. your personal laptop to start managing Sarani events. How do, like how do you do that? Because let me tell you something. I am tired. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not even joking. There are times when I'm so drained once I close my laptop that I can't even I don't even want to have a conversation with yeah. anyone, let alone start using mental mm-hmm. strength to start working yeah. on something else. So how do you manage it? Um honestly I can't I think you just have to love what you're doing. Mm. I know we always hear this outside you have to do what you love, love what you do. But if I didn't like it, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. No matter what you paid me, whatever the case may be, if I didn't like the job, I'm not going to open my laptop at 11 p.m. or 2 a.m. last night to be doing things for the business. I think, yeah, I just think honestly, I don't know what else to tell you, but for the fact that I like what I'm doing, I like event planning. It doesn't even feel like work to me. Mm-hmm. I will be tired. My eyes will be hurting, but like I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So I'm just, I just keep doing it until obviously I cannot do it anymore. Um, So I think, yeah, I think in terms of balance, I also kind of plan my evenings and make sure that obviously after work, working in nine to five, maybe I dedicate three, four hours to Sarani. Sometimes it might just be one hour, depending on what the workload is. Um, But honestly, just to answer the question, I'll say it's passion. That's the only thing that keeps me going. Like I can't imagine doing maybe working for maybe if I worked in a supermarket or I, like I had a side hustle in a supermarket or like in a restaurant I'm not going <laughs> do you understand after <laughs> see what I mean <laughs> <laughs> after working 9 to 5 9 to 5 30 to 6 I'm not start going do you understand when I don't really care for what that right. do you understand it has to be what I love and that's what makes it doable yeah and that's the thing also I feel like with just managing two completely different entities it's really about consistency as well mm-hmm. because you are contractually obligated to fulfill your nine to five yeah. and that is actually your thing yeah. but then with Sarani events you skill this business to the point where it is an entity in itself as well mm-hmm. and you have to show up mm-hmm. so how do you show up um okay so my first I launched Sarani in July 2020 and I didn't start my first nine to five until October 2021 yeah so I remember that year and three months or so. Yeah, that year, like three months of not having a nine to five. I was just taking on, I, there was a month where I had like eight events. I remember May 2021, every weekend I was booked and then every other, like there was a day during the week I was booked. Um, but when I started my nine to five and I saw, okay, the time when I used to do this, this and that is occupied by this job. I knew that I couldn't take on as much as I used to. So the first thing I did was I only take two, maybe three events a month. My my preference is actually two. And then maybe if someone comes to me with like a really nice idea or like, you know, they're stressed or whatever, and I really want to help, I might take one more, but my cap is two because I can't do more than two a month. And even like that, imagine two a month, that's 24 events a year. That's 24 people maybe texting you at the same time, maybe 12 at a time or six at a time or whatever. So it doesn't, even if it's two a month, doesn't mean I'm only working on two projects at once. Someone could have booked me for an event in September, in January, and I'm still managing them. Yeah. Do you understand? So I think the first thing I would say to do is to know your capacity and work within that capacity. I think when you want to make a difference or you, you're, when what you're after is not the money, you're not trying to take every single client. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to 
curate events for people and make people happy or whatever the case may be. And if I know that I don't have the capacity to, if I take on five clients, I'm going to let two people down. If I say I'm going to give you a schedule on this date, I'm not going to fulfill it. There's no point. Mm. Because what you hear around is also around events is not, do you understand? So I think the most important thing is knowing your capacity, especially if you're juggling two jobs or two, I don't know, your workload is a lot, Sha. If you're juggling two things at the same time, I think, yeah, know your capacity, stick to that capacity. And you actually have to be strict with yourself because someone will come to you and they will have the exact budget that you want or whatever you want. And if you know you can't do, you can't, well, I can't take it. Do you understand? Because I don't want to let anyone down. So I'll I'll say, yeah, the main thing is just, I've cut my coat according to my size. I don't take on more than I can handle. And I stick to that. That's kind of like my policy, two, maximum three a month. Um, and I, I, I also really gauge the demands of the other businesses to let me know whether I can, or rather the other clients, to let me know if I can take one more, like the third one. But yeah, that's basically like my rule. I take two events a month maximum. That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that you did that. So what is the filtering process like for you? Say, I don't know, you know, on your website, you have like an inquiry form and then I'm sure business is boring. Multiple people send a form and, you know, they're like, oh, I want to have my birthday party. Da, 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 da. And different ideas, different budgets, different um, audience size or guest size. Mm-hmm. So how do you pick which one you want to do? Honestly, it's on a first come, first serve basis. If somebody inquired for September 12th today and paid their deposit, if someone else comes in June for September 12th, it's gone. Do you understand? There's only one more slot and September 12th is not the slot. Do you understand? Mm. So it really is whoever comes first. And I also obviously like planning. I'm a planner. I'm a very organized person. So I like doing things in time. Not saying I can't do like events within two weeks or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it's really, there's no filtering process per se. Um, but it's really first come first serve. I don't really, I know obviously some people, it's better to, it might be better financially to take on bigger budgets, but I don't really wait for a big budget. If your budget is reasonable, we can work with it and you inquire first. You know, if someone else comes for that same day, unfortunately, like, I'm booked. It's gone, yeah. yeah. Hmm. What did you find out about the industry when you started Sarani Events and what surprised you? I think something that shocked me not even surprise. Surprise is like, ooh, I can good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. Okay, can I just say this? <laughs> I remember when I told Rani that I wanted her to plan my birthday dinner, right? I think I had about 14 mm. people. And I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I did not even know how expensive things yeah. were. Because you just think, you go, most of the time, I've never really done like anything curated like that as an adult. Yeah. As a child, it's like your parents do everything mm-hmm. and they plan it. And I don't know, you're not really involved in the process. Yeah. And also with birthday dinners, it's pretty easy. Like you just come, pay, go. Yeah. I did not know how much balloons were for... Please tell them how much balloons are. <laughs> flowers. I love flowers. Yeah. I do not know how expensive florists were. Even down to... Um, what are those things called? Like the... The, the table think, linen. Not even that. The but, crockery. No, I didn't have it at mine, but you have it at some of your the events. Backdrops. Yes, the backdrops. Please tell them. <laughs> how expensive. <laughs> Honestly, I think 
now I'm kind of used to it. Obviously, when you were doing it for, I remember at first, like getting my first quote from a vendor and I was like, <laughs> like what? Balloons, you can spend, I've had a client spend like 1,200 on balloons. Wow. And I'm not talking about every, like balloons was filling the whole room. It was for a backdrop and a bit for the ceiling. And I just think, like, I think till today, it shocks me. Like, things are really expensive, but I understand. I can't even lie. I understand the pricing. Mm-hmm. Like, my one of my favorite balloon um, artists that I work with, there was a time that we were running short on time and I was trying to help her. And the tying of the balloons, the my fingers, like, it's actually a lot of work. Thinking about them actually blowing it up. Oh, the labor well. Yeah, the labor of it, blowing it up. And I think people think you're buying balloons from maybe, like, Amazon or something for $6.99. It's actually, I've heard from my vendors talk about balloon shortage. Like, they have a specific like, country they buy balloons from. Like, the wow. quality of it. Like, it's actually serious. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that shocking me. Like, just how expensive everything is. Like, I'm even thinking, Sarah is turning three in July and I'm thinking of having an event and every time I think about it I'm like is this the money I've been charging people because bruh what am I supposed to bring this money out of yeah so it's actually quite pricey um but I think in terms of surprise I think people are really lovely like obviously there might be one or two and I think that's an anything there might be one or two bad eggs but like the vendors I work with are really lovely really understanding like I've not really had like a problem with the vendor they're all just really lovely what about clients most clients, are, I think everyone means well, I think. I think I think it's the stress of wanting your event to be perfect, maybe, or like if they're short on time or whatever the case may be. But I think I've been lucky. Like I have clients that I'm friends with. Yeah. Like I'm actually friends with. I go out and visit them. Like we go for lunch, that sort of thing. So I think I've been blessed. Um and I think I also, I know I said there was no filtering process, but I really gauge when I have the initial consultation because I gauge the vibe. Mm. And it's not something I do often, but if something strikes at me as like, mm, this person is a bit, you know. Like what? Let me not even say problematic, but maybe just a bit aggy at everything. So, for example, I'm explaining something and they might cut me short. And it's not something that they do and they say, oh, I'm sorry, just call it like, it's like, I don't know, as if the respect isn't there. Right. So I think it's something that I do subconsciously. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I do at the same time. I'm just like, oh, this person seems a bit... Mm-hmm. And I just... And that's just because I don't want to ever have... Give us a, a scenario where we clash. Do you mm-hmm. understand? Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I do, like, purposely, but I know it's something that I do subconsciously. But I think I've truly been blessed. Like, I've had good clients, good vendors, good experiences. Super. Yeah. You planned Adela Patron's birthday dinner. Oh, look how she's lighting up. Are you okay? <laughs> no, as soon as I said that, you actually smiled. And I feel like you don't necessarily sing your praises loud enough. Because honestly, everyone that I know that has worked with you, and even I remember I watched um, Adela's vlog when she had her birthday dinner. She said it as well, that it was an exceptional mm-hmm. event, exceptional service. So what was that process like for you? Because you actually reached out to her, right? Mm-hmm. And were you nervous? Like, what were your thoughts? I know I, I, I say it with my mouth. Oh my God, I'm such a shy person, but I'm not. <laughs> so I think reaching out to her, like, 
I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of things don't really phase me. So even if she's Adiola Patrona, like she's lovely and I've been watching her for years, for me, I was just reaching out to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? I was reaching out to another human being that would either ignore my email or get back to me. I think at that point, like I was really excited at the biz- about the business I had just launched. I was excited about it. I was posting the logo. Everyone was reposting. Everyone was gassing me. So I was like, I have to do something now. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I have to do something now. So I was like, okay. And I watched her. Like, I watched her vlog. So I was watching her vlog one day. And she was just like, oh, it's her birthday coming up. But she doesn't know what she wants to do. But she wants to do something. And I just felt like, oh, just email her. Do you know what I'm Like, last, last, she was saying no. Or last, last, she would not reply. But it's not as if I'm walking up to her in person that she walked past me on chairs. I'm like, last night I won't get a response. And I remember like almost within the hour, she was like, oh yes, let's do it. And I was like, wow. And one thing I really, really, really liked about Adiola is even if I reached out to her, she she didn't expect it to be on like a collab basis. She didn't expect to not pay for anything. Mm-hmm. Like she was happy to pay. I, I, don't, I don't even think she knew. I, I, I gave her my service free of charge. I don't even think she knew until... I sent her the invoice that I didn't charge for my service. So I think, honestly, one of my favorite experiences because it was my first proper, proper event. It was an amazing event. Like, it was my first experience at anything. I'd see, like, a balloon garland being done and doing, setting up a table. And I look back and it's so beautiful, but I see so many things that I wouldn't do today. Oh, wow. Like, like Maybe, like, the tablecloth was so thin. <laughs> Like, the quality I wouldn't use, like, I, w- I would rather not do the event that you like to do. But it was my first event, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't know anything. Like, yeah. even the flowers, like, I think they were a bit too blurred. I wanted them a lot more, like, simple. I'm s- the candles were used, like, thick candles. I would use, like, dinner, <laughs> dinner candles now. <laughs> they actually do. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but no, I'm actually very grateful for that experience because even till today, I feel like a high percentage of people that reach out to me. Now, obviously, I've been doing it for a while. So some of it is word of mouth. Oh, you did my friend's birthday. You did this person's birthday. I went for this event that you planned. I remember like, this was in, I did her birthday October 2020. I remember maybe like 95% of my clients in 2021 were from her. Wow. Like I, I always ask like, oh, how did you do her birthday? And you're like, oh, you did your last birthday. And I was just like, what? And I remember... My birthday in October 2021, I sent her a gift because I'm just like, all this money I'm making, all these events that I'm planning, all these people that I'm meeting is honestly because of her. Oh my crap. Are you okay? (laughs) No, that is beautiful though. And I really want to touch on that because I feel like sometimes we don't know how much of a blessing we are to people Mm -hmm. until we see it unfold. The same way you actually decided just to you know, do it free of charge. It was experience and, you know, just take a chance. You blessed her with your service, took some load off her, I'm sure, with events planning because event planning is actually very stressful. Mm-hmm. You did it. And in return, her being an influencer has generated so much yeah. more income for you yeah. and so much more experience for you. So yeah. that's really beautiful on both of your parts because, like, you know, she could have easily just said, I'm not going to say who planned my birthday or yeah. acted like, yeah you, you know like, it, I didn't I didn't ask for it yeah exactly I was just like you know exactly. what if she likes it and she posts about it she does and if she doesn't she doesn't and yeah. I remember waking up the next day and just seeing maybe like 200 followers on there wow <laughs> so I clicked on it so that she had shouted me and I remember like I was I was working at that time just like a, a job just a random job 
And I remember going to work and not using my phone all day. And then I think maybe when I, you know, I told you when she was my first client. So I think I had like 100 followers. I got like 900 that day. Wow. Like I got nearly a grand. I remember going to work, coming out from work and seeing like 900 or 800 or some followers. I was like, like, what is going on? I remember that day, maybe I got like 50 inquiries. I remember even my sister even said to me, you're being on Grace. I was like, oh my God, can they stop filling my phone? <laughs> Because <laughs> I was so stressed. You know when you're trying to get back to somebody, by the time you get off the phone with one person, one person like, coming, yeah. you have like four coming, and I'm like, ah, like I was stressed. Um, mm. But no, I'm very grateful. <laughs> I love that. So that was obviously a successful story in terms of you putting yourself out there and taking a chance on yourself and a successful outcome as well. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you took a chance on yourself and you just didn't work out or you were rejected? Yeah. How did you deal with that? I think I said earlier, nothing really phases me. Like, obviously, I'm not indestructible. (laughs) But like, do you understand? I just feel like everyone is human because that person that didn't want to work with me or decided to work with someone else or just, yeah, didn't want to work. You don't have to explain yourself. That's fine. Do you understand? I think maybe she was the first one I reached out to, but like, she's not the only influencer I've reached out to. You know, I've had some reach out to me. Mm. Like, I planned the Vikativu's um, book launch. Oh, nice. Event. And she reached out to me. For, I think she saw Adiola's reached out to me. I've had other influencers reach out to me and it didn't work out because of the date or the budget or whatever the case may be. So I think you win some, you lose some. I've never really been the kind of person that gets phased by rejections. Obviously, if you keep getting rejected one million times, you will. But do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. I still had normal people coming to spend their money in, with me or with my business. So if an influencer was saying, no, was, okay, I'm not getting this exposure, but I'm still getting these people who are putting their trust in me. So I think, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not someone that rejection really bothers. Um, I think I'm lucky in that way. Because yeah. I can easily just send an email and, so I thought that even like I was looking through my Sarani folder on my laptop and I saw one email I sent to one influencer and I was like, hey, when did I send this email? Like, I don't remember that I sent it. You know, so I sent it and I just kind of forgot about it. If they get back to me, they get back to me. So I think being sort of detached from the outcome is something mm. that you consciously practice. And I don't think you know. I know that. I you do. know that yeah. you're doing that. Yeah. But that's really beautiful because there's this book I read. It's called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And one of the laws in that book is the law of detachment. Mm. And this is actually something I have to consciously work on because I'm so intense. I'm like, wait, what? Like, why did you say no? Like, <laughs> like, what? like do you know Like, I'm like, what? Like, why? Why don't you want to work with me? Right, right. But obviously there's some times where you see someone that maybe you've reached out to for work with someone that you follow or you know or whatever and you're like, hmm, I don't know why. Yeah. But, for me, just like, after that, I was going to maybe eat or what something, and I've forgotten. Like, you're right. Like, I don't really, because it's not something I experience. I don't know that maybe the next person like you might be, quote unquote, maybe suffering from that yeah. or maybe, you know, battling with them, that or whatever the case may be. But yeah. So it comes quite naturally yeah. to you. Interesting. So, so even growing up, sorry. No, go on. Like, I remember being like secondary school, maybe like, I didn't pass the subject. Like, I wasn't going to cry. I don't think I've ever cried for, like, failing. Wow. Like, it's just... Oh, I, I, why am I so... Okay. <laughs> I cried that one day. <laughs> Do you understand? Like, I remember... I remember, like, being in Grange, on to Grange, and 
they'll give us a report card and <laughs> maybe I got like a bad DP and then someone I got a better DP will be crying. I don't think I don't like <laughs> Like, what is going on? Why are you crying? Do you understand? Like, yeah. I tell you what is a subject that I know I don't like. I know maths, chemistry, and I felt, I know I'm not good at it. Do you understand? I know it's not my strength. I've just always, obviously at that age, I didn't understand why. But looking back now, like I know that this is something that it does not come naturally to me. Why am I crying? The ones I was good at things like literature, English, you know, all this economics, and I would get good grades in that. So do you understand? So I think, yeah, just focusing on your strengths, mm. focusing on what's going well for you and not only focusing on the bad. I think it's so easy to focus on you maybe you get A's and everything, or you have 10 clients this month and then you reach out to an influencer or two influencers and they don't get back to you you forget those people that are spending mm-hmm. their money mm-hmm. or those people that out of any event planner or they chose you, they chose you. Uh, no yeah so you also choose people who choose yeah. you as well yeah and celebrate your strengths yeah that's actually really really beautiful and i know you've done some events in lagos and london mm-hmm. we're nigeria we'll go back to lagos sometimes how have you been able to successfully plan events in Lagos when you're not there? Um, or London? Because you did one recently when you were in Lagos and you planned one in London, yeah. right? How mm. were you able to do that? I think for Lagos, my first ever event in Lagos, I was around four and I used a particular decorator, I used a particular coordinator and I then we understood ourselves. So when I got an inquiry to do one the next month, I knew I wasn't going to be around. I reached out to the both of them. And I think the most important thing was the coordinator. And I was like, see, I'm not going to be around. Someone wants me to do this event. You need to be the me. Do you understand? You know the way I like things. We've worked together before. You know, and you need to be able to be me in this occasion. And for me, I was using a coordinator from a reputable event company so I didn't just get a random person okay like maybe my sister or my cousin or someone to go and be me that's right. someone that might not have the strength I went to a coordinator a from professional a proper like a big wedding planning company in Nigeria do you understand so I think I was already at ease and then in terms of making sure that it went the way I would want it to go I make like a very very detailed itinerary of what should be done at this minute and I check up like every hour it might be annoying for them but I'm calling like every hour how, how, and I'm looking at their team have they done this have they done that how's this going mm-hmm. getting updates etc etc and I put that coordinator in contact with all the vendors that I'm working with it's not if they're trying to reach me I'm like jealous and she's the me and she's the only person that's supposed to be contacting me on the day everybody else should report to her um so I think the most important thing is finding people that you can trust and I think people that are also competent because I can trust you, but that doesn't mean that you'll be able to do it successfully because it's not your field. So I think I make sure, and I think my name was very important to me. So I made sure that I was working with someone that was competent and was from somewhere with a good background because she was working for her own company as well. So you want to leave a good mark for your company. Mm -hmm. So someone that actually cares about what they're doing and actually has something to lose as well. That's the most important thing to me. Um, But yeah, and I also made sure I kept working with the same coordinator. So every time we did an event, it just kept getting better because she knew the way I worked, I knew the way they worked. And 
you see how that loyalty kind of translates as well mm-hmm. in the sense that you, instead of you being like okay I've tried this it wasn't perfect this yeah let me just hop on something else you've maintained that consistency and I think that's actually how you build great relationships as well because mm-hmm. when someone knows that you trust them mm-hmm. it's almost like okay, I don't want to disappoint yeah. you as well. Yeah. And I want, of course, this, there's something in it for me as well. I want to fulfill my name, but I also want to make sure that, <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. I also want to make sure that I live up to my own, Yeah, I live up to our own relationship. relationship yeah. I think even with my vendors, if I stop, once I find a vendor, I use them until you give me a reason not to. Oh, wow. So like, except obviously maybe you're not available or something and I'll use the next person, but I remember, like, when I found my favorite balloon artist in London, I use her all the time, except she's not available. Maybe she's quite pricey, except maybe she's also outside of our budget. But even the other ones that I use, if she's not available, I've I've been maybe circling and using the same three or four. There's so many, but I think when they know, I don't have to say, oh, can you tweak that? Can you? They know what I like. Even by some, they say, oh, are you happy with that? And I'm looking at what kind of, they know what I'm looking at. Do you understand? Mm. So it's, speaks volume, it speaks like my type of quality, my type of finish, you understand? As opposed to you don't, you keep changing people and your consistency is not the same. And if you look at maybe all the balloons on my page, maybe they're done by the same three, four people. So they kind of look alike in a way. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Even my feel like I use, I've used only two florists since I started Serrani. Mm. One that's more affordable and one that's pricier just so there's some sort of consistency so people kind of know what they're getting right. and they know that what they see is what they get not that I go and experiment with this vendor and then the thing is looking wonky <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you think makes a great entrepreneur in your experience I think passion is the most whatever because no one is no one is asking you to do, you have to be passionate about what you're doing to be successful, whatever success is to you to be successful at it. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, then you're not going to do it for very long. And I'm not saying that. There's some people that you're passionate about something and you just have to close the business for whatever reason. But I think the first thing is you have to be passionate about it or whatever you've chosen to do. I think another thing is you have to be disciplined, even if I say that, like I said earlier, my <laughs> even if I say, like I said earlier, um, that you shouldn't look, listen to everything that you see out there, you do need some discipline yeah. to be able to, especially when you're doing like something, even to like project management, I need to be disciplined to know, okay, this schedule that I've made said I need to do this on this day. I cannot procrastinate to that day because everything is kind of like time time conscious so I think you need to have some discipline um but I'll say those are kind of the main things that come to the top of my mind you need to be passionate you need to be disciplined I wouldn't say hard working I can't even like I would say work smart like all the years of listening to podcasts and this all that I need to work kind of sweat and suffer no no I'm not going to tell you that I think work smart find what works best for you and I think that all ties down all that ties in with discipline yeah passion discipline work work smart yeah cute do you have any plans on pursuing Sarani events full-time I do but in a couple of years yeah. I was doing it full-time for a year and a bit but I think I was I, I was getting to the point where like Sarani was doing well because I remember 
Tony was doing well. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that's winning, but yeah, Tony was doing well, but I couldn't really enjoy it because I was always thinking about the next client. Mm. I was always thinking about when the next person would inquire so I could make more money, mm. and it was almost like. Also, I wasn't doing it because I enjoyed it, but I was doing it because I never wanted to not have food on my table. Obviously, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm like, oh my God, I still live with my parents. I'm like, oh my God, I can't pay my rent or whatever. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I always wanted, I was always looking for the next thing, do you understand? And I wasn't really enjoying it for what, for what it was. I was, but I wasn't. You understand? There was always that thing at the back of my mind, just thinking, oh, when am I going to get the next client? When oh, I have no event in September. I'm, maybe I'm in June or I'm in May. And I'm thinking, oh, there's only one client in September. That like, I just felt like I was just playing catch up with myself. I, was just, I wasn't enjoying it as the way I wanted to. And I knew it was because when you're an entrepreneur, compared to when you know, okay, every month on the last day of the month, I'm getting X amount in my bank account. Standard, you understand? But when you think, ah, September, I only have one client. Okay, this is this amount. But this month, I made this. You're why am I? I just feel like you're overthinking a lot of things. Um, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever pursue it full time? Okay. <laughs> I would, but I feel like when I've made, oh, I feel like, would you ever have made enough money? But I feel like when I'm at a point where, like, I'm more made. Mm-hmm. As a person, like financially, obviously I'm young now. I just started this three years ago. I just finished uni three years ago. Um, so I think this is the time to hustle. Yeah. It's time to make money everywhere you can make money. Yeah. But I think when, you know, I've made money, I've saved, I've invested, I have different sources and streams of income, then I can sit back and look, okay, I enjoy this. It's making me X amount of money. Why not? Okay. Yeah. I love that you said that because sometimes... I feel like once you see a bit of success, it's easy to get very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to be like, oh, okay, like, I'll spend this because, you know, I'll make it back. Yeah. Or like, why are you laughing? I used to be like that. Yeah. Like, I got Renee. No, Renee is showing me pepper. Do you guys know what to know who Renee is? <laughs> Tell them about Renee. Renee is my car. A cute car. Um, yeah. But yeah, honestly, I used to be like that. Like, I'll just buy a pair of shoes for £1,000 for what? Do you understand? I just thought, oh, yeah, I'll make that at my next event. Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> when you actually have bills, and like my dad also made me start paying bills, you kind of have to sit up and be like, okay, you don't have to spend money away. Like the shoes that I'm buying for X amount of time, yeah. I wear like twice a year. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I also had that realization very recently as well because <laughs> I don't even want to get to it, but that adulting wake up call yeah. when you actually have real responsibilities. Mm-hmm. It's real. Like, yeah. It's really real. Yeah. And I think also this period when I'm not, I, I left my old job in November and I'm starting my next job in March. Mm. So like this four and a half months or four months of not working and having these expenses and only having Sarani. <laughs> so yeah. I think even sometimes this personal shopper that I shop with, I always see her post things and I'm like, ah, I can afford this, but does it really make sense? Make Before, sense. I just yeah. I can afford this. She just pay for anything. But now when I'm, that this is my thing with entrepreneurship as well, which is why I also want two jobs, is let me be able to know I can afford something and not be relying on like just one stream of income. But yeah, generally, I think, 
yeah, I feel like my adult life has really just started. I feel that first year, maybe if you and half when you finish uni, you're still kind of floating, they're being nice to you, but it gets to a point where they're like, okay, no, girl, sit up. Yeah. <laughs> and I had my sit up moment very recently as well. And I want to know, what would you never compromise on with Sarani that is quality? I knew you were going to say that. I think, like I said to you, like when we were talking about the tablecloth I used for Adiola's birthday, and I was like, I'd rather not do the event than use that tablecloth to do. So I have some clients that maybe, well, before I've changed kind of like my form, the format of my form, before you could write whatever budget you wanted, but now there's like a drop down menu and you choose, so we have a minimum spend. I remember before when people could write whatever and I, and I would tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because hey, can you say something of the budget? <laughs> but, <laughs> but just some people have... I'm suffering, I never like that. So, but, <laughs> yeah, people write budgets and I'll, when we have the call, I'll still have a call with them and I will kind of explain why this budget I'm saying is probably what's going to work for what you want. And they'll be like, oh... I can get tablecloth on Amazon for five ninety nine, <laughs> and at that point, I don't care. I'm probably not working with this client, yeah, um, because we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, we're just not going to get tablecloth on Amazon for five ninety nine. We're going to get tablecloth from like proper table linen companies mm. that you saw what we use for your birthday. Yeah, thick, like rich quality looking it makes it it really does make, it a, makes difference. a difference it does you know I, I'm sure if you go back to Adiola's birthday and you zoom in on the tablecloth you see what I'm talking about it wasn't even straight like the way I put the tablecloth on the table yeah. was not even straight it was wonky <laughs> so I think for me yeah quality is what I wouldn't compromise on because I remember even I did a surprise 25th birthday this girl's yeah this girl's mom asked me to do the birthday and I remember at the end of the event we were just just in before they left and she was like ah that she knows me she's Nigerian she's like ah, she knows me that even if it's one event I do in a year I'm happy as long as it, it looks good mm. and she knows that I'm not going to like just from working with me planning the surprise because we planned it for like a year and a bit so she was just saying that so many times that she will suggest and I'll be like no that doesn't look good the quality doesn't matter that she knows me that like I don't even care about posting. I don't even, like, she knows that I, my quality, even if it's just one or two I do in a year, as long as quality is good, that she knows that I'm good. As long as I won't just do anything for the money. And I think that's honestly the most important thing to me. I love that. And what has been one of the goals that you've accomplished with Sarani events? I know one, but I don't want to say in case. I don't want to say in case you don't want them to know, but... Okay, tell me Okay, I'll tell you. But what has been one goal that you worked towards and you achieved? So I think, okay, so I actually haven't chosen... What I've been doing for the last couple of years is I choose a goal for the year and I kind of... That's my main priority for the year. And I remember in 2021, that was my first full year, I wanted to make... X amount of money. <laughs> like I said, for, I started That's my job. That's what I was thinking. Of. <laughs> <laughs> I started my job in October 2021. So basically, for the whole of 20, that's all I was doing. So I was literally hustling. Like I was like, oh my, I wasn't sleeping. Well, sometimes I'll have two events back to back on the 15th, on the 16th. I'll get home at 2 a.m. I'm up at 7 a.m. or like leaving the house at 7 a.m. But obviously, I wanted to make money. I wanted to see how far I could push it. So obviously, that's my only stream of income at that time as well. 
2022, my goal was 100% customer satisfaction. So I just wanted everyone that decided to choose Sarani and stick with Sarani to be happy that they did. Um, so even if some of my clients don't even know this, but sometimes like, let's say I, I undercharge for something or we get a quote at a certain time and when it's time for us to pay, it's gone up slightly. I might not even ask for the money as long as it's like reasonable. If it's like hundreds of pounds, I will. Yeah. But like just so people are not like, oh, this is my budget. Like I'm not happy or whatever. That's what we agreed on at the time. Because a lot of people might not understand that like the vendors are external to me. They might tell us it's going to cost 200 pounds for this thing today. And maybe your event is in May. And by the time we're ready to pay in April, if that's the time we've decided to pay, it's now £240. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go £140. Pounds. Do you understand? So I think I just want everyone to be happy as long as it's not costing me too much. Um, so, yeah, sometimes you bend over backwards. So many times, like, I, I try not to do viewings during the weekday because I'm doing a 95. I don't necessarily live super close to Central. So, um, you know... Maybe a viewing needs to be done, and I, I really don't do viewing during the weekday. But because, obviously, I know it needs to be done, like, I'll go and do the viewing. So this was thing like that customers don't even know that I've done to make sure that they're satisfied with the service. Mm-hmm. I think that was my goal for 2022. But in terms of 2023, I haven't actually chosen a goal. Like, I'm struggling with it to choose something just that good eh? <laughs> <laughs> i'm struggling to just like choose something that i want to focus on this but i think all in all the most important thing for me is that the business is doing well and everyone that's choosing the business is happy and i'm happy honestly like nothing else really matters like that what motivates you <laughs> I don't want to struggle in this life, honestly and truly speaking. Like, obviously, you know, it would be nice if you have a man or whatever to help you here (laughs) and there. But, like, I never want to have to, like, ask for something. I want to be able to want something and afford it or work towards it. I'm not saying everything I can afford now. Like, if I want to buy a house, I can't just say I'm going to buy a house tomorrow. (laughs) But do you understand? Like, I want to be able to say, okay, I'm working hard for this thing. I want to be able to just afford. I don't want to struggle, honestly, actually speaking. I just want to live, like, a soft life. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so right. like when I'm hustling, I'm not to parents or just I'm mostly because I just want to live my life. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> so let's touch on money. Mm-hmm. I know with entrepreneurship, a lot of people might suffer to raise capital. Obviously, with the style of your business, it might be a little bit different yeah. in terms of buying like inventory I'm not really sure how everything works mm-hmm. but how did you raise capital for your business so I can't remember who I was speaking to maybe like within the month like within the last month and I was saying that I don't have costs honestly and truly speaking my only cost I'm found to do like Instagram adverts or to pay for my website domain and the email at the at sarani.com yeah. email um because of my cost, so if I want to pay for a photographer, let's say my client doesn't want to use my photographer, this is what I mean by quality and consistency. I use like the same one to two photographers so my pictures look good and they flow. Um, so those are my costs, like paying for my photographer, my website, you know, paying for Excel on my laptop and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I genuinely don't have like, I don't have business costs like I did I don't have a machine that I needed to buy yeah. or like 
do you understand? So in terms of like raising capital, I'm probably not the best person to speak on yeah. it. Because um, I didn't need to, yeah. honestly. Like maybe the only thing I bought for my business was my laptop. <laughs> do you understand? Which I, I had a laptop I was using before and then it'd be like a year into Serenia, I got my next one. Um, but yeah, honestly, I think I, I don't know that I would say I've been blessed, but I think this business that I'm in, Except maybe you, I want to start hiring out like decorative pieces and stuff, which I don't want to do. But I think if you're going to an event planner and stylist, like you don't really have that many costs. Yeah. No, actually, event planner. If you're a stylist, you might do. Or mm. an event planner. Was that intentional? Did you know that before you started the business? I d- I knew, but very like my subconscious. Knew. I didn't really think about it until after. I was like, hmm. Like my friend makes clothes. And I think about her, like she has like a tailor shop. She has stuff that she's paying. She has to buy material. She has to, and I'm like, oh, wow, I don't have any of this. Like, it's just me, myself, and I yeah. doing my thing. Yeah, That's really interesting because I think sometimes people think, like, you have to spend money to make money. But I also think that... You do. You do. I know, I agree. But not, it doesn't have to be crazy. Excessive, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be excessive. And I also think it depends on the industry and the style of your business yeah. because with what you do actually for people that don't know can you explain then how you would make your money because you're sitting here saying I only get Excel on my laptop <laughs> and you know I don't really have business class obviously I know but yeah. explain like how you um so I'm an event planner so what I do is I'm an event planner and stylist and what I do is you basically come to me for your event and say you want me to plan your 25th for example and what I do is I would help you find your venue. I'd help you find, I'll come up with like a concept for you in terms of decoration. So you might tell me your favorite color. I might come up with the backdrop style, seating style, flowers, whatever the case may be, entrance fabrication. Um, and then I source everything externally. So the venue, obviously, you're not doing it in my house. We're getting an external venue. The decoration, I will come up with the design because it's kind of like my style and my creativity, but I'm sourcing the people that are coming to install the decoration. The food, I'll help you source a caterer depending on whatever cuisine that you would like. Um, the DJ, that's everything is sourced externally. So that's put on an invoice and then I charge a service charge of your total spend. So if your total spend was £5,000, I would then apply a service charge on that £5,000. So that's how I make my money. Very smart, precisely. <laughs> was that well thought out as well? I think that's how event planning works. I mean, mm. to my own knowledge, that's how event planning works. Obviously, I haven't spoken to that many planners. I know some people, like, they mark up certain things. Well, that's kind of like the same thing at the end of the day. I'm basically marking up with each individual thing, but it's just... It's just, um, yeah, it's just collective. But if I was to do it individually, it would still add up to the same thing. So I think in terms of people that offer, like, a service that's the way to do it. Like there's no other way to make your money because I'm not actually the one making the food. I'm not the one DJing. I'm not the one, you know, it's not the venue. It's not in my home or like a space that I own. So that's kind of like the only way. Yeah. I think, I remember Googling when I first started Serenity or before I launched, how do you remember? I was like, <laughs> and then I remember seeing a couple of people saying that people charge from 10 to like 30% or even more. Um, I remember watching this um, event planner's YouTube video when I joined event planner, she was saying how she charges the percentage and that's kind of what I was getting from the internet. So I just okay. ran with it. Hmm. What are some long-term plans for some events? I remember saying this 
once and someone I can't remember who the person was and they were like oh that it sounds very like a day school but I can't lie and tell you that and fuss on long-term plans I feel like there's so much pressure as someone that's an entrepreneur to well your five-year plan your this-year plan your that-year plan but at the end of the day I'm doing what I love and my five-year or my long-term plan is continue to do what I love do you understand? Like, I don't know the saying that Sarani is going to be where Sarani is today in five years. No, obviously growth is going to come. But like, I don't have, except for obviously maybe in five to 10 years doing it full time. And I want the business to grow. Like I want to maybe, you know, have, I want a small team. I don't, I'm also like, I'm a, I'm a very introverted person. I honestly don't, I was speaking to one of my family friends once I was talking about how we can grow the business to SNN. I don't want that for me. I want like a small knit business, a tiny knit business. Maybe there's like five, six of us, maybe maybe like two, three planners, maybe one admin. Like, do you understand? Something very tiny where it's not just only me. That's so funny. Can do like, <laughs> I can actually imagine you looking at them like. <laughs> I wish so comfy. I'm looking at it like <laughs> maybe there's another business I'm talking about there. But you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, I want it to go to the point where like there's maybe like two, three of us uh, planners. So maybe we can do like three events at a time, or like we can take on more events because it's not just me. But I honestly don't have plans to grow. So I need to be this multinational. Honestly and truly speaking, maybe if anything, I'll have like a little branch in Lagos, mm. which I kind of do, but not really. Yeah. Um, but I really don't have, and I think that's fine. I think we need to stop, we need to normalize people just doing things because they love it. Do you mm. understand? Like, not everything has to be a competition, has to be a hustle. Has, do you understand? Like, yeah. let's just do what we're doing because we love it. Like, let me get to where I'm going first, but I can tell you what I'm doing in five years because I don't know. But what, yeah. I, what I know I want to do is I still want to be doing something and I still want to love it. Do you understand? That's surreal. Real <laughs> <laughs> with Ryan. Real with, no, real with, I'm going to start saying that with my guests and things. I like, I'm going to be like, that's real. Because honestly, I love that you said that as well. And you touched on, you know, maybe like running in Lagos temporarily, but have you thought about how that would work logistics-wise, because I know sometimes, I don't know because I've never planned an event in Lagos, people say that it can just be very chaotic, logistics might be quite slow. Like, what would that be like for you? I think the good thing about Lagos is if I wanted something, if I wanted to have an event tomorrow, I'm telling you, they can do it. Wow. That's the Nigerian. That's the Nigerian. Yeah. In London, in England, there's a procedure. There's to turn this place upside down by tomorrow evening i'm calling my decorators i'm telling them these are my and they would do it mm. it was my sister's birthday um earlier this month and she just wanted a backdrop and i remember she kept bugging me and she was just like holy my birthday's in three days i love watching <laughs> you guys <laughs> <laughs> That's right. i was just like do I look worried to you? Yeah. Like I said, don't worry. She's going to do it. Because my decorator hadn't sent an invoice. We hadn't paid. It was like three days. And she was just so worried. And I was just like, me that, okay, if I now mess up, the whole family will be upset at me. It's your 25th. Yeah. Me that is me, my, me on the line. I'm not stressed. Don't worry. I think we paid like two days before or maybe the day before. 
and they did it. Like, you understand? So I think that's my favorite thing about Lagos. And I think to answer your question, logistics one, I think it would really just be what I'm doing now, but have someone that's like for Sarani. So not a case where I'm getting you externally. Because sometimes, like I've had times where that particular coordinator or the two I was working with from that company, I would reach out to them that were books on this thing and they have like a huge wedding because like it's a big Nigerian yeah, event, industry, wedding planning yeah. company. It's not like a small tiny or whatever. Um and they're like, oh books on that day. and I and I and I'm here and I'm like, hmm, am I really gonna risk it and use somebody I've never worked with or doesn't know me, hasn't met me. So I turn it down. Um so I want I want to get to a point where like maybe we have like a little small office or something. I have maybe like one or two staff. You know, we have people that are always on ground, but it really it has to do with demand. I have to have that demand for my services in Lagos first before I start recruiting someone that I has to be paying monthly and you know dealing with all these logistics, transportation, mm. labor costs, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think we'll get there, but there's no pressure. Like, I'm not like, I'm not the kind of person that gets pressure. I'm not the kind of person that says, oh, my God, I want to do this in two years. I can say that, but if I don't do it in two years, I'm chilling, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm doing what I love, and for that reason, I will not stress myself. I have a nice life, and for that reason, I can stress. Mm. Just as someone is paying me externally to do this and this and that, I have to meet their own demands, etc. Yeah. But when I'm doing what I love... Um, I never wanted to get to the point where in five years I'm miserable because I wasn't enjoying the process. I was th- thinking about what to do next mm. or whatever the case may be. Mm. Are you a competitive person? I just feel like, what is there to compete with? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I feel like, I know this is also said a lot, but what is mine will never miss me who people will consider as my main competitor. I've had people send me things from that person's page and ask me to do it. Oh, wow. So I look at it and I'm like, mm. you follow this person, mm. you like their stuff. This is something I, I've not done before. Yeah. But you chose to come to me. Mm. So at that point, I'm thinking, do I really have competition or is it in my mind? Because the people that will come to me will come to me. Regardless. Obviously, in the most basic terms of what competition is, I have competition because there are other people doing the exact same thing as me and people compare us and, you know, people say, okay, this person who can do it better, whatever they can before they reach out. But I also feel like my people will always find me in everything. Do you understand? I'm never worried that, oh, this person is doing more events than me. Oh, this person, no, it's just not my thing. Yeah. In, not even only in, with Sarani, everything. Yeah. You understand, like it's just not my thing. I really love that. What's something on your bucket list with Sarani events that you really want to happen? Maybe like a client or like I don't know if there's anything. There is Molly May. She actually loves Molly May. Oh my god, I just I would love I don't know why I didn't think of that, you know. Like dream client. Like I love Molly. And this is someone I reached out to before, but yeah, I'm trying to say yeah. like, and I look at it and I'm like, I just know one day it's going to happen. Yeah, it will. I mean, it can be in 10 years, it can be, I don't know how long it would take, but like, I just feel like Molly is like my girl. <laughs> I, I feel like she's my friend. Yeah. Jealous. And I just, I just like her. I'm like, you know, like I know she had her baby shower recently. I was like, oh, I'd love to plan that. But I, was, I don't think I was around. Maybe I was, I can't remember, but not even saying that if I was around, it would have happened. But, yeah, I feel like in terms of a client, 
I think Molly, I was like, I say someone else, Justin Bieber, or like Beyonce, but I feel like that's far, not far <laughs> from, right? I yeah, like far <laughs> But I feel like Molly is like within reach, but not really. Yeah. Are there any plans to venture out, maybe say outside events planning or? <laughs> <laughs> want to do I don't know when but I want to do interior designing yeah um I've actually made like a Sarani interiors page on Instagram just so that whenever I want to do whether it's in 10 years no one else has the handle um I was really thinking that this break from when I'm in between jobs right now I would probably have done like a course or something but quite frankly I'm not really serious (laughs) (laughs) so um I did do that but I really want to do interior designing I want to like do like a diploma or something, gain some experience. Um, oh, you actually want to like? Yeah, I want to do a property. One yeah. of my vendors, one of my florists, is actually an interior designer at Harrods. So like, I feel like I'm gonna, and we're actually quite good friends um, now. So I'm gonna probably be shadow her or something during mm. the weekends. But it's difficult because I do certainly during the weekend. So it's like, when will I really do that? Maybe I'll just take some time off. Obviously, interior is not something you can just learn in like a month. Yeah, it's like I need to actually go to school for it. I, I don't. I don't. I can just put things together and just do it anyhow. But I actually want to do it properly. Yeah. But I feel like when I buy my first flat or home or whatever, that's when I would really. No. Yeah. And take it as a project. Yeah, because I cannot put that out and be like, oh, I did this, yeah. and then things can come from it. I love that. So one of the inspirations behind this podcast is a Japanese concept called Ikigai. It is a Venn diagram. It looks kind of similar to what is in my logo. Um, The last person that was on my podcast actually noticed that it's in my logo. So in the circle, there are four parts Mm -hmm. and each part represents what you love, what you do, what can you be paid for and what you're good at. And the general idea is that if you fulfill all the different parts of this circle, you'll have a, a very fulfilling mm-hmm. life. So really quickly, I just want you to answer, what's something that Rani loves? Just anything? Yeah, it could be literally anything. I love sleeping. sleeping. I don't know whether that is what... I love events. Sleeping and events? Yeah. What can you be paid for? Event planning. Yes. What are you good at? <laughs> I think I'm an organizer. Like I'm very organized. I'm very planned. I said very planned. I like to be. I'm very organized. Like I like being on time. So I guess it all all comes on ties together. Me. What do you think the world needs? Mm-hmm. In just in general, yeah, I think we need to be content. Mm, oh, I love that! I absolutely love that. That's real. <laughs> that is real. <laughs> I think we need to be content because I feel like you can never have everything. I promise you that. I don't know him, whoever he is, but even the richest man in the world does not have. He might have all the money. If I just have all the money, he does not have my own money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, he doesn't have the money in my bank account, yeah. so he doesn't actually have all the money in the world. Yeah. But you get what I'm trying to say? Like, you can never have everything. And I feel like the ability to appreciate where you are when you're there 
is powerful. Wow. I just feel like, because even now, like I think back, I'm like, oh, I miss uni, I miss you. I remember being there and like wanting to work and mm-hmm. wanting to make money. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're always going to want more. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but I feel like if we learn how to be content and appreciate what we have when we have it, like I just feel like it's it's just beautiful because like life is stages, life is phases. You're yeah. never going to have everything. You're never going to understand everything. And I feel like the lack of contentment is also sowing seeds of like, just toxic seeds, competitive seeds, mm. seeds of depression, seeds of unhappiness. And you don't even know it because you can have something today, something that you've always wanted. And then tomorrow you see someone has the next one up and you're not content anymore. Yeah. And then you're thinking about the next thing. No one is saying that you should be like a desica or you shouldn't have ambition or drive, but you should be content. So I think we, are, I feel like if we're content, see people will not, be killing each other people will not be hurting each other you'll be happy in who you are with what you have and you'll just be living your life do you understand honestly that is so real because i was actually having a conversation with some of my best friends last week and we were just kind of like talking about the stage in life that we're at and it's like you know you we graduated before graduated uni we all have like our little passion projects that we're doing mm-hmm. and I was actually talking about role with Ryo and just some of my I don't know like I guess fallbacks I've experienced on this journey and Moriah actually was the one that told me like listen sometimes it's so important to just be grateful mm-hmm. and we had a whole conversation about it and it fits perfectly with what you said and my mom has also always said like life is in stages because mm-hmm. she's seen me firsthand always like I, I wanted to grow up quite fast to be honest because I'm an independent person mm-hmm. and I just felt like I was being restricted at home mm-hmm. like I just wanted to go out into the world and blossom and now I find myself like yearning to just have a home I just want to be at home I just want to be babied I just want to have that unit and it's so interesting because we miss out on important aspects when we're always we're literally always thinking about the next but this is beautiful this is now and it makes me remember the J. Cole song Love Yours and it's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite J. Cole songs because literally that song is so real he's like there's always going to be a crib bigger than what you have Mm -hmm. there's always going to be another baddie there's always going to be but you'll never be happy like if you don't love yours wow I really love that that's actually my last (laughs) question and that was such a beautiful way to end this I always ask my guests at the end of the episode what their key guy is and one of my favorite parts is and from their perspective, what I think the world needs. Yeah. And I just love the answer that you gave because it really resonates. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast. <laughs> this was amazing. Did you enjoy it? I did. Thank you for having me. Thank you for speaking to me. <laughs> Don't make you nervous. <laughs> Girl, but... <laughs> Honestly, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. You can follow me on social media. Let me know what you thought about this conversation. I genuinely want to hear your thoughts and your feedback. Let me know what you like so I can do more of that. And also topic suggestions or guest suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love you. I think you should bring CEO Deventer films on sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can make that happen. Oh, we should have done a collab. 
Ooh, like the founder, CEO. Yeah. Oh my gosh. At some point, we'll definitely make it happen. <laughs> and as we all grow and evolve as well, we'll definitely be back on this couch. Mm-hmm. I love you all. Thank you for watching. Thank you for your time. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.